if you enjoyed the show, I'm happy for yeah, you. Yeah, um, absolutely. At the end of the day, Tolkien created a world for everybody to love. Welcome, my lords, to the Well-Earned Comforts Podcast. I'm Sam. I'm Seth. Thank you for joining us on the Walls of Isengard as we explore the many works of Tolkien and discuss life. We're glad to have you as part of our fellowship as there's no telling where we'll be swept off to. Today we've got a lot to discuss, uh, mainly about the new TV show that I'm sure a lot of you guys have already seen. But before we jump into that, let's babble like Butterbur. Seth, what's going on, man? How you doing? Oh, good. It's been a while since we've done this but it's been you know a busy time with evelyn and amanda and work i got to play hockey again recently so i enjoyed that quite a bit um other than that just trying to soak in the last uh couple hours of that tv show that (laughs) we'll talk about here shortly that i'm not too sold on yet we'll say that that's fair how long did you play hockey is this like a league you're joining or is it just like a pickup uh it, it was just a skate with a team that i actually am gonna be playing with in the fall so they, oh sweet they rented some ice for the summer and it's one of those skates cool did you just blow them away uh not really because i haven't skated much lately i mean i hold my own but there's a lot of it's a it's the highest level of adult league so there's a lot of people that played college or juniors or pretty high level high school or whatever so it's i mean it, okay. everybody knows how to play pretty well so it's it's a good skate solid crew yeah can't That's complain fair. how about you i've been pretty good pretty good uh just trying to work on ariel and i are you know we scheduled for that uh, spartan beast in november and so we've been trying to do more running and get back into that kind of shape we actually took a week off we went to colorado back to our hometown yeah, um, yeah. for a wedding that we were part of colton and brenna's wedding which was pretty fun got to see Everybody, I did go on a hike with Steven and we did Mount Morrison. I don't know if you've ever done that trail, but it's like right above Red Rocks and it's only a probably about a mile and a half to get to the summit, but it's just straight up 2000 feet of elevation gain, which for reference for my Kentucky folk, we sit about 800 feet above sea level here in Kentucky. And so I over doubled our elevation gain in about 45 minutes. So it was, I, I was, I was dying. I was like, Oh my gosh, I forgot how hard it is to breathe at altitude. Yeah, Steven's just crazy. Yeah. Steven's just running up the mountain. I was like, okay, <laughs> but that was a good time. It was fun seeing family again and hanging out with friends and stuff, but we were definitely ready to come home, which was also a good feeling too. We were ready for our own house, our bed, our dog that we missed. Um, so what'd you, what'd you do with them? Did you pay for a sitter or did, you know somebody or what yeah one of my old uh students who graduated a couple years ago he's kind of in between he's working but he's you know free and loves dogs and so i said hey if you don't want to stay with your parents for a week you can stay at our house and watch our dog and he he said yeah absolutely so that was super nice i still need to pay him because he doesn't accept apple cash or venmo or anything i was like Dude, you're missing out on a lot of opportunities. If people are trying to give you money, you should have any way of receiving that money possible. <laughs> he's younger than you, and he doesn't have all that. Either. I know, I know. It's uh, he's a young uh, old soul, I guess. But <laughs> now, other than that, we're we're good. The semester started for student ministries, and we did a local outreach event called My Birthday Party, which is not my birthday, but it's an event no. where we where we let other we tell our students like go invite your friends to my birthday party at my church and they did they did invite their friends indeed we had over 200 students which is by far the most georgetown has ever seen which was pretty cool also a little scary just seeing how uh, destructive they could be but we did this thing called silent disco have you ever done this before no so you put on headphones kind of like what I'm wearing now and there's three transmitters for three different stations of songs and you can flip between all three of them, turn the lights off obviously. And then each channel has a different color. So you're listening to it's, it's like a disco, you know, like a party, but it's all in your headphones, but you're listening to the same thing that your friends are. But as you're watching it, it's just a bunch of weirdos like dancing around and singing to nothing. Cause you don't hear anything as a spectator. And so you know, we put on like Baby by Justin Bieber and all the girls are going crazy and then Cha Cha Slide just watching him 
do it without actually having any, you know, music that we see or we hear. They loved it. It was a lot of fun, but definitely a a fun thing to watch. (laughs) I can imagine that was pretty entertaining. (laughs) It was. It was a good time. It's got to be similar to some of those like VR videos that people are going crazy with the VR on. And yes, yeah, similar idea, similar. But, you know, you get those like group of people that just start like jumping up and down together, kind of moshing together. But there's just again, without the headphones on, it's just no sound. They look ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good time. It was a good time. Well, before we jump into our lore or lack thereof, if you get my meaning, um let's do (laughs) let's do some riddles in the dark um i'll go first on this one since i think you've gone first the last couple times so i'm gonna get my trilogy out here my three in one lord of the rings book and see what uh, i can come up with Mm. here we go i will do now what i must he said this at least is plain the evil of the ring is already at work even in the company, and the ring must leave them before it does more harm. More harm. I will go alone. I mean, that's got to be Frodo when he's leaving the fellowship. Yes, you are correct. <laughs> Who is he talking to? Uh, I think he's thinking to himself. Good. Yeah. 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 He said aloud to himself. Yep, that's what he yep. was saying. Yeah. So obviously, fellowship. So I guess he said aloud to himself. He's not thinking to himself. So excuse yes. me. Yes. Uh, <laughs> no, that was good though. Anduin before he crosses over east, I'm sure. Yes. No, that that's very good. Well done. Yeah. I mean, when you say I will go alone. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind yeah. of a dead giveaway. Especially uh, mentioning the company. Though. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. What can I find here? Yeah, we'll we'll try this one. Farewell. Farewell, blank, (laughs) said blank. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Think what you will. I am a friend of all enemies of the one enemy. We would go with you if we halfling folk, which kind of gives it away, uh, could hope to serve you, such doughty men and strong as you seem, and if my errand permitted it. Mm. That sounds like Sam talking to Faramir in the Two Towers. Uh, you're you're quite close. <laughs> uh, what am I missing? Yeah, Context, character. dialogue, characters. Nah. So it's Frodo talking, I yeah. guess. Then okay, yep, Frodo exactly. to Faramir. Okay, I love I love Faramir's response when he's like, "The halfling are courteous folk, whatever else they may be." Said Faramir. <laughs> <Farewell>. <laughs> it's like whatever else they may be. I don't know, but at least you're courteous. And see, I love that. I love the way Tolkien writes to just add little tidbits like that, where you just like, huh, yeah, I guess he wouldn't know anything else about this character. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Lovely. Lovely. Well done. Well done. Both of us, yeah. Good little pat on the back. We'll take it. We'll take it. (laughs) Well, now into the meat and potatoes of today's podcast, The Rings of Power. (sighs) Da-da-da-da. Episode one and two premiered this thursday night i told seth it was gonna be friday and then i didn't tell him that it actually was thursday night and so when i watched it he's like it, it's out i didn't know it was out and i was like yeah sorry i forgot to tell you so but I either way what happened too is i've had a crazy busy couple of days at work and that was thursday and i was just running my butt off all day at work and so i didn't check any social media or any of the you know the people that i follow yeah. that talk about this stuff and so I got home from work just exhausted knowing I had to go to work in the morning. You're like, so are you going to watch it? How is it? What do you think? I was like, ah, tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yes, it was uh, two episodes that Amazon dropped back to back that you could watch. But I guess apparently a lot of people had issues watching the first episode. I saw a lot of people like in comments and forums and stuff that for at least 30 minutes, the first episode was unavailable, but the second one was available. And so... That's kind of funny how. Yeah, you know, I did see that. that. I was. Bad. Yeah, I when I was uh, when you were texting me and I was like, oh, is it really? So I went to Prime and I noticed that you could watch the second episode, but not the first one. How so yeah. how long did you end up having to wait? Like I didn't. Oh, I did because okay. I yeah, I started it right at nine when it officially like opened. And so I okay. watched the first one and then went straight to the second one. But yeah, I heard a lot of other people had issues if they started later. So or what it's worth. But yeah, episode one and two uh, have dropped. And so I'll just say, obviously, spoilers are coming down the pipeline if you haven't watched the 
show already. So this is your to opportunity. Be fair, I don't know if you can spoil anything. There's no story <laughs> to spoil. But yes, that that in and spoilers. of itself is a spoiler. I mean, you know. But so yeah, go watch the show. Make your own opinions. Yes, take this as your warning. Um, let's start with the good, at least as much as we can. Let's just talk about the things that we enjoyed about it or maybe thought was like, oh, that was well done. You know, anything that comes to mind that you were like, mm, this does feel like Middle Earth, this is Tolkien, stuff like that. Um, I will start um, to get you maybe thinking about it because I might have some more positives than sounds like you do about the show. But I thought for a TV show, I mean, you think about other TV shows that have been especially made by like Amazon or Netflix originals or stuff like that. Visuals were stunning. I thought the like Valinor was gorgeous, especially like the very beginning when Fenron's walking up and you see the two trees. Like I thought that was just absolutely gorgeous and you don't see that in TV shows. So that's obviously where I see the budget coming out, you know, is, is kind of how much they spent on those, you know, graphic artists to make those. I thought Cossack Doom was really fun too. I don't know about the elevator. That's an interesting contraption. They might have had that, <laughs> but I thought just the music for that scene was really good. Duran's acting was pretty good in that too. I'll be honest. I I kind of like his spunk and his he see he gives me Gimli vibes. Really good Gimli vibes on that. But yeah, I think his family is an interesting thing. Disa obviously being an original. Well, they're both original characters, but you know just seeing a married dwarf is very weird i will say it wasn't horrible but it was definitely different but i thought you know the the music for that was fun i thought the little back and forth game between elrond the rock splitting was kind of fun too Mm -hmm. just seeing how the dwarves really do kind of have that competitive spirit to them like that macho-ness to them that i kind of enjoyed watching but yeah other than that region was really pretty lindon was pretty but I think that's maybe the extent of my <laughs> my positives uh, from my side so, of things. When you make a show and you bu- are budgeted $550 million per episode, you really hope that the visuals are going to be stunning. Was it that much? I'm pretty sure that they got a budget of roughly $550 million per episode, which if you think Jeez. about it, I'm pretty sure a lot of the Marvel movies that come out are around the same budget. Yeah. Um, I haven't looked too deeply into that, so I could definitely be wrong, but I'm pretty sure about that. Um, so yeah, I agree. A lot of the visuals were really pretty. Um, I did... Yeah. I did like Valinor for the brief little bit that you saw. I thought... Uh, Laurelin and Telperi on the two trees. I thought those mm-hmm. were pretty cool. I wish, I really wish that they would have spent a little more time explaining that, going into that, because sure. there was, you know, this epic prologue, kind of like what you got at the beginning of the Fellowship of the Ring, right? Sure. Um, but at least in the Fellowship of the Ring, it explained what was going on. Whereas this yeah. was like, we're going to compress, you know, an entire age into like this what seven or eight minutes or whatever it ended up being and it didn't feel that it explained the lore or the backstory much Um, yeah i agree and especially for a lot of people who are just casual viewers watchers of this that you know just clicking it because they see that it takes up the entire screen of screen of amazon prime and you open it up because they wouldn't understand the the light of the trees really it didn't yeah explain that and how important that is right um, if we're sticking on track for things I did like, um, I thought the orc, I say orc because we've only uh, seen one. Yeah. Cause you know, they, they're going to dig this giant tunnel and then there's only going to be one of them. Yeah, um, I thought that was wild too. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I did think he looked pretty cool. I liked that he kind of had like the, like the skull, not helmet thing, but it was almost like a visor. So one thing that I do like that they're doing with these orcs is if you think about it, these are second age orcs versus third age orcs. Like you see Lord of the Rings. So they're going to be a little more human or elf like probably, Mm. I mean, technically a little more elf like um, visually. So they're not as kind of gross and everything that you would think of as later on, because, you know, as the generations of orcs progress, they Mm. lose the elven traits that they were, you know, that they got at the beginning when yeah. Morgoth twisted elves, right? So I do like that. I thought the visuals on the on the orc uh, that we saw was pretty cool. Um, 
I'm going to be honest. I do not like pretty much any of the original characters that they added. Mm. Um, yeah. Durin, I do think Kaza Doom was pretty. Uh, I thought that was really cool, just the visuals of it. But then you had Durin the fourth and Durin the third. And yeah. it's her third and fourth. When in the lore, there's he's only one Durin yeah. at a time because, yeah, like you said, he's reincarnate, right? So he's the, the, Durin the Deathless. You know, when a Durin mm-hmm. dies, there could be a few kings. And then when they think he's back, he's the next Durin. So yeah. you can't have two at the same time. So that bothered me, but I did, I did, I did like the way um, the dwarves were portrayed overall. Like you were saying, I thought, I thought they looked pretty cool. Um, yeah. And then, like you were saying, the just that the attitude and kind of like they have a chip on their shoulder because mm-hmm. uh, that really is how how it happened when Aule created them, right? So, yep, I did yeah, like that. And their beards, like especially like just the beginning. I mean, obviously. Not Jesus beard. She should have a beard, but you could see she a had little some sideburns. Yeah, like. you could yeah. see it, which I guess fine. You know, I'll take it. You know, it's it's an effort at least. But but like you know that when they when Elrond first comes through, like those they have beards that are like underneath their outer cloak, and it's coming all the way down to their feet. And I was like, that's that's how I imagine like Tolkien in the Hobbit was. You know, that's how he described those those dwarves. So I was like, okay, that's cool. I'm glad they yeah. did that at least. I'm with you on that. I did like that. Um, let's see. I'm trying to rack my brain for other stuff that I liked. I thought the elves on, unfortunately were all pretty kind of pitiful. Really? They didn't seem elven to me. They seemed annoying and weak in the most cases. Yeah. Um, Oh, I did like, actually, I know you mentioned offline when we were talking about Celebrimbor being pretty underwhelming to you. I mm-hmm. did like his little, his little uh history historical lesson on the silmarils yeah um, yeah i did like that and how it kind of they portrayed him as because he's actually feanor's grandson um because mm-hmm. he's the son of karufin i believe yeah Karufin. yeah yeah he wouldn't um, go with karufin when yeah yep exactly so i like that he kind of he's like i'm in the lineage of the greatest smith ever and I want to live up to that. How do I do that? And then he gave a little prologue on how incredible the Silmarils were. And I did, I, I, I did enjoy that. Yeah, no, that, that was good dialogue there. I just, I don't know his character. He just looks like this is going to sound horrible. He looks like, like a, a politician, <laughs> like not a, not a middle earth politician, like a, somebody who's running for a local office here, <laughs> like his like hair, his garb. Like- like somebody who's running for a, a low level office where they have to be super charming and suave to get exactly. a vote rather than, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah I, I agree. Which I mean, uh, I was, I always imagined Celebrimbor, the, the Smith, you know, just jacked out of his mind, like, cause he's swinging hammers all day, you know, like this guy's yeah. gotta be, I don't know. I mean, that's at least kind of how he was too in the video game. Um, the shadow of Mordor. Cause you, you're with Celebrimbor and Talion, they're kind of connected through, okay you know, the storyline. And so you get to use him a little bit and he's just, a, he's just BA, you know, he, he's pretty good, but so again, there's different twists and takes on things, but I, I did appreciate the dialogue because it, it offered some history that was much needed for a lot of casual viewers. I think, yeah. I think they did an okay job at trying to tie in a little bit of history um, where they could, but the problem is they're following so many different storylines that, and half of them are just completely against the actually not half all of them are against the lore and so yeah. there's really no like it's really hard for them to squeeze in actual history because there just isn't anything yeah um, i mean yeah i don't know well i think we're kind of swinging into the negative side of things that we saw on this show so if there's unless there's anything else positive that you wanted to mention i'm sure something will come up you know i mean it was it was okay i think Honestly, our little daughter, Evelyn, was having a hard time last night. We kept trying to put her down and put her down and put her down. So we had to pause it a lot. And unfortunately for me, like, I didn't care that I had to pause it. Like, Mm. I wasn't invested in the show. I was genuinely bored. I was genuinely bored. And so every time we had to pause it, it was like, all right, whatever. I'll go to the bathroom. We'll try to put her down. Come back, hit play. Oh, she's fussing again. Hey put the passy back in, come down, hit play. And then I'm sitting there watching the baby monitor because that's more entertaining than, mm-hmm. than the dialogue that's there. You know, 
Absolutely. I was the same way. I, I felt very bored with it and I almost fell asleep because I, I started the second episode and I was like struggling to just stay awake, which I mean, I could have started Fellowship of the Ring at that point and not struggled to fall asleep. And it's, you know, two hours longer than right. both of those combined. But I, I agree, the dialogue itself. And I think this has to do with the fact that they can't really take anything from Tolkien dialogue because, you know, they're not second age stuff. There wasn't a whole lot of dialogue anyway. But then when you take the, the take into account they're using like the appendices. There's very little dialogue, and especially with these characters and original characters, you're not going to have any dialogue for them. And so it felt very Disney-esque, kind of the dialogue, very elementary in in a lot of ways. And it just didn't feel like, you know, this was Tolkien's writings. It didn't feel like it lived up to his his speech, you know, the way he wrote, the way he talked. And I feel like Fran Walsh did a really good job of rewriting the the script for Lord of the Rings. And again... This is completely different than Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings, and I have to keep that in mind. But at the same time, like you can't not compare them. People say, "Oh, you yeah. like you ha- stop comparing." It's like, no, that's the same world. It really is. It's it's a different time of the world, but it's the same world. I don't care if it's a different adaptation. Like, I don't know. So the dialogue I think was the word adaptation can. I think the word adaptation can just be kind of swept under the rug because it's not an adaptation. It's fan fiction. I mean, sure. They took locations and they took, um, you know, some names and some history and the yeah. rest of it is completely made up. Which yeah. I went into it. I, I had done enough research on it to and I watched a ton of actor interviews. I watched a ton of showrunner interviews. I read a bunch of stuff going into it. So I knew that it wasn't going to be Tolkien. I knew I wasn't going to be like, oh, yeah, this is this feels like Tolkien. I knew that going into it and I was still bored out of my mind. I was like, I know this isn't going to be Tolkien, but at least it's going to be, you know, super entertaining and, you know, yeah, you know, yeah. riveting in a way where it's like, okay, it may not be Tolkien, but I'm immersed. And I just, sure. it didn't immerse me at all. No, I, I completely agree. Even Ariel, we were watching, she fell asleep for the second episode, but we were watching the first <laughs> episode and Bronwyn and Arondir, which I actually really like those names for original characters. Yeah, like it sounds very Tolkien. So I'll, I'll say that too, but but the the tension between them, like just right off the bat, just started, and she was like, "Wait, who are these people? Like, why do they like each other? You know?" And I was like, "I don't know. <laughs> like, they're original right. characters. I don't understand their story at all." And there was no build up. They just like shoved it in there, like, "Okay, these guys like each other, and we're starting from there." And especially for somebody like Ariel, who very much enjoys the romance in in books or movies, that you know, I I enjoy. You know, she can enjoy those pieces of it at least. She was like, "That that was it." Like I. I need more to be able to invest in those people. I don't care if that person gets stabbed in the chest with, by an orc right now. Like, that wouldn't care to me at all. And, I don't know, I thought Rondir's character was really cool. But, yeah. again, just being a original character that's... I don't know, he's, I, I felt like his, his acting was good, and he seems more elvish than the rest, even though, you know, there's some differences. But I, I like this character. Don Lemon. <laughs> Fair enough, but... Yeah, no, I I think his character was okay. The whole elf man relationship, I, we just talked about this on our Arwen mm-hmm. and Aragorn um episode and it's like there were four of them throughout the entire history of Middle-earth that Tolkien mentions. Yeah. And it's like the, it, that specific thing just bothers me because it's disingenuous to the lore. I know that for the casual fan, they don't understand that and so they're like, "Oh, it's an elf and a person, a man. They want to love each other, whatever." But to the people who actually have invested time in reading and understanding this world. It's really kind of just a slap in the face, you know, would that, would that trope be any different if it, if he was just like the local BA, like, why does, why does it have to be an elf? You know, they're made up characters anyways. They're just kind of stamping on his grave in a way by doing that, in my opinion. Sure. No, I, yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, they kind of touched a little bit on it when he and the other guy were talking, like, you know, there's elf and man, relationships don't really work well they all end in tragedy so you kind of get like oh, okay they're they're referencing baron and luthien in a sense but again it was yeah very much like again without even setting up the backstory for why they like each other right because right. it is so so rare and so you know it's always like you said significant when that happens you know there's a backstory for aragorn and arwen there's a backstory for baron and luthien like I mean, unless he just saw her at the well, as they're calling it, you know, the local bar and was like, hey, she's cute. All right, cool. I'm going to start liking her. Is that it? Is that the entire story of their, you know, the reason why they like each other? I mean, 
Well, and there was they, some pretty poor dialogue too, where I oh, forget yeah. exactly what it was, but she said something like, how do I know you like me? Or what are you trying to say? And he's like, I've said it a hundred times without saying without it out words, loud or something yeah, like, yeah, yeah, without words. It was like, okay, <laughs> like that's something that, you know, like that is a romance that you see in high school. Like, oh, exactly. I'm really trying to get your attention. How have you not noticed? It's like, come on. Yeah. And even if he has, we haven't seen that. <laughs> like there's not there's again we just saw that yeah, so, there's, which maybe in all fairness to the show maybe they kind of retroactively explain that in, sure. in the future episodes who knows um, one one thing that ariel and i both kind of chuckled at was when he's like oh i gotta go chase down these orcs or whatever's happening and she's like i'm coming with you i was like <laughs> so you're just leaving your son like there's an orc tunnel and you're and you're just leaving your son Okay, fine. And she does. They don't even mention yeah. it. I mean, I guess he's maybe middle school, high school age, so he's probably all right. But just like, eh, oh, that doesn't kid even is, talk that about kid it. kid is in the midst of puberty right now. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, eh, I'm going to go with this elf guy and just not even say goodbye or tell him what I'm doing. I just, I don't know. That that bothered me. I was like, okay, single mother, You, yeah, I, I can get behind that storyline. You know, you want to have that reference. But at the same time, it was like, you're not being a very good mom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which I, I have a theory about um, whatever the little kid's name is here in a little bit that I'll Theo. share. Um, Theo, yeah. But <laughs> we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the main character of this whole show that we oh, haven't yeah. brought up at all yet. Um, <laughs> hold on. Well, I know the name. Let me think of it. Oh, it's Guy Ladriel. That's right. It's uh, Guy Ladriel. I forgot about <laughs> Guy Ladriel. You know, um, the the master warrior that uh, he is. I mean, she is. Um, right. <laughs> I really just loved that scene where, you know, they're playing CSI Middle Earth and the cave troll comes out and kicks the butt of every single man that's fighting. Every single one, all at the same time, just kicks their butt because he's an awesome cave troll, right? Or a snow troll. And then Gladriel comes out and disbands him in three, three seconds. Three seconds by herself. Yep. Cool. Message delivered. Message uh... delivered. And a lot of people are going to be like, oh my gosh, that's so sexist. How could you say that? It's like, no, 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 no. We're not saying that. These are high elves. And yeah, these are they're just getting elves. Yeah. And they're just getting crapped on by it. And yeah, it, that bugged me a little bit. I mean, I was like, come on, I see what you're doing. And I don't, I don't like it. That's you know? the thing is you, you said this to me in text. You were like, because I mentioned the reviews, the critics on Rotten Tomatoes is like 83%. And then the audience is like, what? I think it's at like 36, 37%. Yeah. And you basically said, well, it's hard because you either get all tens or all ones. And it's yep. like right versus left politics. And mm -hmm. my response to that was, well, you made a show that all the subliminal messages are political. Absolutely. So if you're the ones by creating this show. They could have made this show with zero politics. They mm -hmm. could have followed Tolkien's own lore and storylines and not brought any modern, postmodern, intersectional feminist right versus left politics into this. But they th just threw it in your face the entire show. Yep. Yeah, it was it was not subliminal at all. <laughs> very, very obvious. Which, you know, some of it, I mean, I can just get not get behind but just be okay with like sure i didn't i didn't love the whole like scene in the in the bar where arondir is getting you know uh chewed out by that guy saying like elves are horrible like why are you here like that's obviously and of course it's a white guy telling a black guy that so it's right very obvious that's a race thing and and again that's fine like obviously racism is horrible we both agree to that and yep. but it, again that wasn't necessarily the narrative that Tolkien, I mean, Tolkien did that in his own way. Very, very subliminal. I mean, look at like Gimli and Legolas and their relationship and how it flourished and how he kind of deconstructed racism in a sense without you even feeling like you had somebody had to be standing up for it or, or you know, shouting in somebody's face. It was just very organic. Like these are two human beings, not human beings, but two beings, <laughs> <laughs> two, two, beings. two beings. Yeah. That just like had initial judgments and prejudices about each other. And you see that, but then over time as they get to know one another on a, on a personal level, it just goes away. And I feel like that's way more realistic than, you know, just getting up and shouting and, you know, making it very obvious because that's not going to help either. Right. Yeah, no, I completely agree. There is a fair amount of that, you know, thrust in there. And 
uh, aside from uh, yeah i don't know it <laughs> what they're doing to galadriel as a character i i do not like i understand that they're trying to take her from point a to point b and point a is this whatever she is right now that they're trying to portray her as and point b is what you see in you know the third age and lord of the rings where that she's like this wise ethereal character yep but the problem is at this point in time she's married mm-hmm. right where's her husband oh um lord Celeborn. where is he he he's non-existent okay fine um she never actually took part in any of these battles right right she her power is not this is what bothers me is they think to make galadriel powerful they have to make her into a dude no absolutely yeah she has to have bigger balls than the 12 (laughs) elves that are following her combined like galadriel is such a powerful character because her her power comes from her feminine nature just like we talked about on our other episodes with like yeah yavana and and luthien and it's like they're they are very powerful but they do it in a feminine way where it's not okay we're making them into dudes to be powerful and so I get that they're trying to put her on this revenge tour to, you know, go after Sauron, blah, 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 blah. But it's like, that's not, that's not who she is. Right. Her, her whole thing, the whole reason she left middle earth is because, or uh, left Valinor to go to middle earth is because she wanted to rule a domain of her own. Mm-hmm. And as it turns out, she became the lady of the golden wood, not a commander, not the queen. She became the powerful ethereal lady of the golden wood. And so it's like this character arc that they're taking her on. They're just deconstructing a beautifully written character. (laughs) Bless you. (laughs) Had to had to mute for those sneezes. That's kind of like what Silent Disco probably looked like, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You're not wrong. Uh, To that point, like you're you're what you mentioned about her revenge tour. I think it's very interesting too how they only are focusing on Finrod. When she had other okay. brothers too that also died, and like, just that that whole relationship. I don't know. It 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 felt weird and very misplaced because I know who Finrod is. We talked a lot about him in our last podcast or a couple podcasts ago right. with Baron and Luthien, and and the type of person he was. He was not off hunting the enemy. He was fulfilling an oath to Baron's father, Bar here, and because he saved him at the Battle of Sudden Flame, and. I mean, I do see like, the, did you see like when he's laying down, he's got like those claw marks on him. So I'm like, that's okay, maybe of, that's the mark of Sauron. No, that and was so... on his, that was on his chest on his arm. He did have like okay. claw marks coming down. And so I was like, maybe they're going to explain that. Or at least that's a subliminal thing for the people who actually know how he died of like, okay, okay. werewolf. Well, then why don't claws. they show, why don't they show that to some extent? Why, why do you say my brother gave his life fighting the enemy? Why don't you just say my brother gave his life fighting against the enemy while fulfilling an oath like mm. give him the the respect he's due as a character don't just make yeah. it like oh he was pissed off and it, it like fenrod was one of them swearing the oath like to f- go fight morgoth like it looked like the, the you know the yep, yep oath of feanor and he was amongst them it's like no he didn't swear an oath right i don't know yeah yeah that it just felt like they kind of brought in another character from the first age that everyone might know and then just pooped on him <laughs> and his oh. hair. What the heck is going on? Like, I need that guy's product. Like I'm trying to get that, you know, that spiky <laughs> hair, wherever he's getting his product from, man, I need to go to Valinor and seek that out. Cause whew, yeah. No, he's... And then the makeup as well on point. Oh my gosh. Amanda literally <laughs> looked at me the first and she was like, is that an elf? And I was like, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> I believe that is an elf. <laughs> yeah. She's like, where did he get his hair done? <laughs> <laughs> which it's not to say that there can't be you know different takes on tolkien's characters they don't all have to have the long hair right though sure they definitely were more i don't know magical mysterious when they were portrayed Re- the yeah. way they were in lord Regal. of the rings yeah there's def there's a definite way to like separate them from man yeah outside of just right. the ears right um like you could see legolas and aragorn just next to each other that's obviously legolas is the elf and yeah i don't know but all that to say episode one and two so she's you know rejected valinor and then decided she could swim across the entire ocean on her own and then meets halbrand which i guess maybe sauron 
But again, they don't explain where they came from at all. They don't explain what's going on at all. Other yeah, than that there's a sea monster, but like, where are you guys they coming from? They alluded to a shipwreck. They alluded to a shipwreck. They're like, oh, that's our ship. And then there's the sea monster. It's like, like you said, where are they coming from? Where are they going? Yeah. And then why did she tie herself to the boat? <laughs> and then, like, she's like, tie yourself to me. And then she goes into the water and he saves her, which, again, if that is Sauron, I don't think he'd do that, but. Well, <laughs> and that's a mega spoiler. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know I for sure, but from the stuff I've been reading about people who, uh, from people who kind of have an inside track with some of the writers on the show and stuff, it sounds like he's supposed to be. Um, we'll see if that does come true or not. But yeah, yeah. and they're kind of flirty and. First of all, why is Gilgalad sending her to Valinor? Like, I know they explained it. Oh, if she keeps searching for it, she'll trigger the evil. Like, what? I didn't get that. I, <laughs> I, I understand. Right. I understood it more like as a gift of like, hey, you've served your time. Go back to, you know, pretty much heaven. He doesn't have the right sense, to do that. No, I know. I know. She was banished by the Valar. Gilgalad yeah. doesn't get to be like, go back. Right. Doesn't make <laughs> doesn't make sense. Well, one, uh, let's shift gears a little bit. I mean, yeah, we, yeah. we can definitely come back if we need to, but one aspect of the show that we've not talked anything about, the Harfoots. The Harfoots and the Stranger and that whole side plot as well. First of all, I will say, it's just there's so much going on in these first two episodes. I just I felt like I was bouncing around on a pinball machine, and I couldn't figure out which story, because as soon as I was like, okay, I kind of understand where the story is going, it would flip. I did like the use yeah. of the map to move us to where we needed to go. That was a good visual, especially for people who don't know the geography of Tolkien's world already. But so sure. we flip. We just were bouncing around so fast and so much with so many different characters, brand new characters, and that's why it was hard for me to actually like gather what was going on because I don't know these stories. I've not yeah. read about them because there's nothing to read exist. about them. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. To the Harfoots. Thoughts on the Harfoots. Thoughts on the Stranger. I'll give you my. Um, <laughs> So I'm, I'm, I'll, start the, <laughs> I'll start this by a couple of different quotes that I'll par paraphrase because I don't remember exactly. Um, I don't remember if it was J.D. Payne or Patrick McKay, but they're the two showrunners, right, for yep. Amazon. When asked why there were hobbits in the Second Age, he said they're not harf hobbits, they are harfoots. If you go read the prologue to The Lord of the Rings, Tolkien talks about what? Hobbits. And the three breeds of hobbits, what are they? The Harfoots, the Stores, and the, um, now it's, I'm losing it. Um, I just told Amanda this like five minutes ago. Harfoot Stores. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the other one. Th there's three, um, which now it's really bothering me. But Harfoots are up. a breed of hobbit. So when a showrunner is explicitly saying they aren't hobbits, they are Harfoots. Basically what that's saying is we don't have the rights to talk about hobbits, so we're gonna just claim that they're not. Oh, it's fellow hides. Fellow hides. Yeah, yep, fellow hides. Um, yeah, it just came to me. Um, and then the but, second. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, don't they? They have the rights to the Lord of the Rings, so wouldn't they have the rights to the Hobbit? I like, don't. Or the Hob like Hobbits. I don't know for sure because I think the Lord of the Rings is still owned by like Warner Brothers, but I don't know that the Hobbit is. So it's like there, there's a lot of weird stuff going on. So it makes sense why they're having a hard time explaining this. But instead of just coming out and saying like, well, they're hobbits. Um, yeah. He's literally saying Tolkien is lying. And Tolkien's the one that wrote the whole legendary. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that was annoying. And then the other paraphrase that I'll use is go back to the books, go back to the books, go back to the books. Whenever we were curious and worried about doing something, what did we do? We went back to the books, go back to the books, go back to the books. Really? I'm pretty sure all he was saying by that is turn off the TV. It sucks. Go read the book. <laughs> I guarantee that's what he was getting at because wow. So these Harfoots, cool. They're primitive hobbits. That's all they mm -hmm. are. They're dirty, primitive hobbits with no storyline. All they do is hide from big folk. Yeah, which I appreciated in the beginning. Like I, I mean, obviously the hunters, we'd probably never see them again, and they were like a big part of the trailer. I was like, oh, these are characters we might, but you know, we see them for ten seconds and they're gone forever. But yeah, 
I did appreciate because hobbits are very sneaky around big folk. Tolkien does talk about that in his prologue. You know, they we would never notice we're around them because they hide themselves. So I did like that piece. Like they're kind of revealing themselves in their little village that they had. Sure. It was cute. It was like, okay, that's very hobbit-like. But beyond that, I thought the Nori and... Oh, what's the other girl's name? I don't even remember now at this point. See, that's how... That's how many characters there are to try to remember, especially original characters that I, I mean, I'm blanking on her, but her and, and the other one with the kind of the rounder face who discovers the stranger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like they're just trying to do a, a little Marion Pippin action there. Like that's I they're trying to kind of recreate that energy, which I appreciated in some aspects and some dialogue. But at the same time, it's they just feel so out of place, like they're being forced into a story that they were never meant to be a part of. And yeah. obviously the stranger probably gandalf is Which, going to you know have his time with them and they're going to be pivotal just like frodo and sam were in lord of the rings because you know it's the small things that keeps evil at bay as gandalf would say so which i again like in the hobbit lord of the rings great and this no this was all about the high elves this was all about you know the numenorean men and dunedines and and sauron and his minions and his balrogs like this isn't about hobbits at this point well, and this is an argument that I've heard some other people make, um, and that's the reason it works so well in Lord of the Rings to have the hobbits be the ultimate heroes is because they didn't do anything beforehand. Yeah, Sauron yeah. never, never even thought about them. He may not even have known they existed. Like, sure, sure. He he knew of the halflings as the story goes on, but it's like he never even thought about them. He didn't mm-hmm. care. And that's why it works, because they're the unexpected hero. If you take them down this road and make them do a bunch of stuff in the Second Age, then the then the Lord of the Rings doesn't work, because Sauron yeah. now has his eye on them. Sure, absolutely. I, I haven't heard that take before, but I completely agree, 100%. Yeah. Um, and if, if the Stranger or Meteor Man or whatever you want to call him is actually Gandalf, that's like borderline a deal-breaker for me. Really? Um, because... Gandalf came in the third age. He was the last of the Astari. So yep. you had uh Corinthier uh or Sauron. Mm-hmm. You had Radagast and you had the two blue wizards. I yep. hope he's a blue wizard because those weren't fleshed out and I might deal with it. But if he is Gandalf, that completely the whole reason Gandalf came to Middle-earth was because he was scared of Sauron. He was scared of him and he was sent by the Valar to have a mission to go against Sauron. When he arrived in Middle-earth, Círdan the shipwright gave him Narya, the Ring of Flame. Yeah. So... Which is very important. Exactly. So if he randomly shows up in the Second Age for no reason, it it takes away so much of his his backstory. They're literally just changing it. So I hope it's not Gandalf. Do you think it's possible that they might just stick him with the the alias of Olorin the whole time? Uh, If they do, again, that's a deal breaker because Gandalf literally says, in the West, my name was Olorin, but that is forgotten. Mm -hmm. So. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. (laughs) Yeah, I'd be, I'd, I'd actually be totally for a blue wizard especially because that would be with the one character to be like, yeah, take your pick. Like, give us, give us your thoughts on this person because we don't have that much on them. You know, yeah. all you really know about them initially is that they went with Saur or Sauron to the East and never came back. Sauron came back mm-hmm. and they stayed. You don't know what yeah. happened to them. So it's like, okay, sure. Like have some creative liberties with that. Yeah. And if it's Saruman, that would also be interesting, too, to just kind of see his character arc, because, you know, we see him pretty much like he's he's pretty sketchy immediately in the Fellowship of the Ring. You know, you can kind of tell that from the first couple minutes of their dialogue, him and Gandalf. But it'd be cool to see his character get to that point. Like, I'd be fine with that because he wasn't always bad. Uh, I mean, he always had kind of that edginess to him, but it'd be interested to see you know, if he takes his task seriously or not, you know, the, the initial task he was given as head of the white council, obviously sure. that was later on, but I don't know. You know, I, I, 
if they did that, I don't think I would care that much, honestly. I, I might be intrigued by that storyline if they took it that direction. Even though he's not supposed to come till the third age, I could let that go. <laughs> yeah. And just accept it, right? Right. I mean, I, it has to be a wizard just from the powers he showed to, like, I feel like there's no other explanation for it, but I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I start, I just, as long as it's not Gandalf, sure. Whatever. <laughs> Maybe it's Radagast and he leaves the hobbits and goes and finds his rabbits. I don't know. <laughs> I can see that. I can see that too. <laughs> or I'm sorry, uh, Harfoots. Yes, careful, careful. Yeah. Don't want to yeah. get any rights issues here. <laughs> well, any, I, I feel like we've kind of exhausted the first two episodes a little bit. Any last final thoughts of anything that you want our listeners to know about or anything that you just need to get off your chest or anything um, that was intriguing to you? I don't know. I think going forward, so the second episode, again, spoilers, if you haven't figured that out yet, I'm sorry. Um, that's <laughs> We're way you. past that at this point. Uh, we're way past that. But at the end of the second episode, Gladriel and uh, younger Aragorn, what's his name? Halbrand. Yeah. Um, they get rescued by the Numenorians because, of course, they did. You know, how yeah. convenient. Oh, wow. They end up in Numenor and Gladriel's going to pretend like she had never seen this place. Who knows? Gladriel never went to Numenor. Tar Muriel basically had her, she was going to be queen and then had it usurped by Arpharazon. And then she basically just became like a nobody after getting her her position usurped. But they're going to, you can see it in the previews that they are going to keep it. Yeah. They are going to keep some kind of alliance between Tariel or Tariel. See, all these are. Um, Tar Muriel and Galadriel, they're going to go to Middle Earth and battle together. Two characters that never met in places they'd never been. Like, I just, I'm, I'm very skeptical of the whole Numenorean plotline because the whole reason it works in the books is because it's over thousands and thousands of years. Because yeah. at first, you know, when Elrond and Elros decided, okay, I'll be an elf, I'll be a man, it took like 30 something generations and thousands of years. For the men to start feeling like, oh, death isn't okay. We need to go figure out how to become immortal like the elves. And if they rush that, it totally negates the entire Numenor, like the why Numenor matters. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I get that. And then the fall of Numenor, which we may or may not see, I kind of suspect we will, hopefully. But yeah, it would probably have a little less like weight to it. Yeah, so I, I just hope that they take their time with it and actually dive into why um, the men don't want to die and why they're starting to feel apprehensive about it as opposed to just, Oh, Galadriel and Tarmiriel go fight some, go fight some more, like make it about the Numenorians and them trying to cling to life because that's what ultimately brings them down. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I, (laughs) <laughs> I, I've seen a lot of people talk about like boycotting it completely and like don't watch it like show Amazon that we don't care and all that kind of stuff and I'm like I'm gonna keep watching it I mean if it keeps going at this rate there probably will come a time where I'll be like eh or at least yeah. I won't watch it like right as it comes out I'll just be like oh, if I've got time and Ariel's not home because she won't want to watch it with me already and I mean she liked Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit not as much as obviously we do and sure she's kind of tired of it now but it's a new thing and she was kind of excited for it. But then again, even her, she was like, I'm done. And so I'll yeah. keep watching it just to see kind of what direction seven or eight different main characters are going to go, I guess, and how they're going to all meet up in the middle somehow. But I don't know. We'll we'll see how it goes. But I th- I think this is for five years in the waiting for all the hype, all the conflict. You know, is it going to be good? Is it going to be bad? I was just very underwhelmed. I kind of assumed that they'd have to come out with a bang for the first two episodes to actually get audiences like us. Even if it wasn't, like you said, even if it wasn't Tolkien lore to a T and they just decide to make it entertaining, you know, with good dialogue and good acting and good costumes. <laughs> and yeah. I just didn't, didn't feel that. I, I was telling Ariel, I was like, maybe I need to go back and watch it again because I'm seeing a lot of people just absolutely praise it. You know, some of the, sure. like one of the podcasts that we listened to they couldn't stop talking about how amazing it was. And, and one of the hosts literally said, and this bugged the crap out of me because I love this guy, but he literally said, you know, I feel like five down years, five, five years down the road. Now I'm going to look back and be like, Oh yeah, 
Kate Blanchett did play Galadriel. Like, I totally forgot about her. Just, Morfid Clark is doing such an amazing job. I was like, oh my gosh, you can't... Like- Morfid Clark has no facial expressions. The entire time we were watching it, Amanda's like, she hasn't moved her face. She has anger, and that's it. Yeah, that's what Ariel said. Yeah. And so I was like, how could you say that? Like, I don't care if you're getting paid or not. Like, Kate Blanchett knocked it out of the park with yeah. Galadriel. And... I'm never, that's never even a thought that's going to ever enter my mind of like, oh yeah, I guess she was Galadriel too. I was like, come on, dude. Like, to be fair, it's going to be the complete opposite. Five years down the road, this show is going to be nearing its climax. A fourth of the people that watched it the other night are going to be watching it because people will have lost interest, most likely. Yeah. And five years down the road, you and I will look back and be like, oh yeah, Morford Clark is playing Galadriel. I forgot her name. <laughs> yeah. And then I'll turn that off and go watch the extended editions. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I did that on uh, Friday morning. I just like popped on the, cause I wanted to, I watched the prologue again for the first episode of like Galadriel's prologue. And I did like seeing Sauron and that's the glimpse that we had kind of him over all his army. That was kind of cool. Sure. And then they, they stayed with like the Morgoth look um, as far as how he was dressed and everything. But then I did the, I did the prologue for, the Lord of the Rings, I just put on the Fellowship of the Ring and, you know, just the difference of even just the power in the voices. You know, Kate Blanchett just immersed me in, in, immediately and Morford Clark made me, like, kind of skeptical, I guess. But then even just what w- what went on during that time was... I mean, Fellowship of the Ring was immensely better. Like, yeah. I just... I don't know. I almost, I had to, I literally had to like say, Sam, you are not watching this entire movie right now because it's four hours long and you have to mow the lawn. You have to do the laundry. You have some homework to do. So I had to like will myself to stop it, but I didn't have ever have that feeling with the TV show for the first two episodes so far. So that's disappointing. From my perspective, I, I went into this, like I mentioned earlier, I was trying to know for a fact that it wasn't going to be Tolkien and set my expectations incredibly low and hope that they were exceeded. I think personally what ruined a lot of this for me and maybe my views, and I'm just trying to be retrospective here on my own opinions. I might have viewed this differently if, and probably not that much differently, but a little bit at least if I hadn't watched all these actor and actress interviews and the panels on during game, uh, GamerCon, whatever those Comic-Con Comic-Con probably. Um, I watched all these interviews and every single one of these actors mentioned something about a necessary redress of power. That was Princess Disa's favorite thing to say, a necessary Mm -hmm. redress of power. And what she's saying by that is I'm black. I'm a woman. I need my spot, which honestly, the whole like race swapping thing was the least of my issues about this entire show. I was concerned about it because that's not really what Tolkien had put in there. And I just like it to be true, but it didn't bother me at all. Like at all. Yeah. And so it was easy to get past. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, if I, I I had, I think I had some preconceived, you know, thoughts about her character and Morfred Clark's character telling the Lord of the Rings fans to F off on her Instagram. Mm, And, And Bronwyn talking about how being a refugee from Iran, she's such a like, basically what I'm saying is all these actors and actresses made their characters about themselves. Instead of the other way around. Exactly. It's like you are an adult pretender. This isn't about you. This isn't about your politics. This isn't about anything about you personally. You got hired to play a role of some character that has nothing to do with you. Mm. Just go out and do it. And so watching those interviews, I think I was already biased coming into it um, because I knew what they were going to try to promote the entire time. Yeah. And at the end of the day, that's not even what my biggest gripe was about. The biggest gripe was what the heck is going on? Who are all these characters? Why is there no Mm storyline? And you're just jumping around, you know? No, absolutely. I I agree. It was one of my least uh things that was a hiccup for me but it was just again it just feels out of place and uh i actually watched or i read a comment on one of like the youtube reviews that one of the youtubers did and i went through the comment section which is a horrible idea to do you just get sucked in but but i read this one comment that really made me think and i mean he he said i'm from china i'm a chinese man 
and if if there was he he i forget what mythology he brought up but he's he mentioned there was like a story that everyone knows in china you know a really really you know prominent story that everyone knows in china if he said he said if they brought in a bunch of european and white people to play those characters for that story that would be ridiculous right. absolutely horrible and he's saying that's what they did with tolkien's european mythology that he was trying to create you know it's for the european people and again i i could care less and that, really and i'm but... just gonna say this right now that doesn't mean it's only for those people that's exactly. not what sam is saying sam is no, not saying it's only not. for yeah. those people no all he's saying is there's kind of a double standard here absolutely yeah that's and that's what he you know as somebody from china he that's what he pointed out like it would just like you this thing wouldn't be published if that's how it was how it was made but yeah absolutely i mean middle earth is for everybody and you know if you feel the need to put in that for that invitation to other people if that is that big of a hiccup for people great that's fine you know again like but here's like the thing said, sam it wasn't that big of a hiccup for people lord of the rings has been translated in over 60 languages and the fellowship of the ring sold over 150 million copies sure you're telling me that tolkien isn't for everyone already yeah no i agree I agree. <laughs> but yeah, like Sam said, I will keep watching it. Um, I probably will not care to come and turn the TV on right away when it first comes out. I'm not going to be sitting there hitting refresh to try to watch the next episode. Um, but I'll definitely keep watching. I hope that my mind can be changed and some of these storylines can come, become more clear and actually mm -hmm. get get me invested, you know, make me care about them. Yeah, yeah. That's something I yeah I'd, I'd love to actually feel something for these characters, which I don't think I feel anything for any of them yet. And yeah, yeah it, it it's I hope it just picks up too, and the entertainment level increases because obviously we know the storylines head in a direction that isn't what we've read on paper already. So if we can get behind that change and just at least make it entertaining, you know. Yeah. But real quick, one last thing I mentioned <laughs> that I had that theory about that kid. From the, oh uh, yeah, Theo. Yeah. yeah, Theo. He's gonna be the Witch King. Ooh, that's a great His, theory. Think about it. Like the way yeah. he was acting and like mesmerized by the fire, and he liked mm -hmm. you know Sauron's logo or whatever we want to call it. Um, I, which the Witch King, I'm pretty sure, was of Numenorean descent. He was like one of the Black Numenoreans. So, is it true to the lore? Whatever. We'll drop that, mm. but I I'll bet he ends up being the Witch King. That I I'd be down for that. I'd be totally cool with that. I think that'd yeah, be I, really I cool to get more of his character too. That'd be cool. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah. Well, we're definitely not going to be doing a review uh, podcast for each and every episode that comes out. I don't think Seth and I really want to do that <laughs> to just talk about the show when there's so much better Tolkien to talk about. I've talked to a lot of people already who you know I've shared our podcast with them who they don't know that that there was anything beyond the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. And so yeah, that's kind of the audience we're trying to reach. We might, you know, make what we're talking or what we think about the show as part of our babbling like Butterbur for a couple episodes, yeah. but definitely won't be a focus. I don't think moving forward is like, this is the only thing we're going to talk about because quite frankly, it just makes us upset. I think for the most part, <laughs> and I enjoy being happy when I talk about Tolkien. And just so remember, Sam, go back to the books, go back to the books, go back to the books. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. Well, any uh, any final words to say on that, Seth? Or are we are we call no, for aid? I, I think we're going to go ahead and call for aid. I just want to say this though: if you enjoyed the show, I'm happy for you. Yeah. Um, at absolutely. the end of the day, Tolkien created a world for everybody to love, and whether or not, from my perspective or Sam's perspective, that Amazon has completely butchered that world. If you enjoyed that world, it wouldn't be there without Tolkien in the first place. So if you got mm -hmm. some joy out of it or you're super intrigued, I'm happy for you. I genuinely am. I, I don't want to hate this show. I, I waited five yeah. years for this. I wanted yeah. it to be incredible. And if you felt like it was, I'm, I'm thrilled for you. And I hope you, you know, keep watching and keep getting enjoyment out of it. Hopefully those people have listened all the way to this point of our podcast to actually <laughs> no, hear you say it. that, but they probably have, but yeah, you can completely... clip this and put it at the beginning. <laughs> I actually might do that. I might do that. <laughs> I don't know. I, I agree completely. Like if you're enjoying it, great. Um, it's more, like I always say, it's more Tolkien to talk about. And if it's sure. the starting point for people to, 
that don't know Tolkien at all that they get immersed into the the actual lore in the books. Great. Like that's awesome for for the Tolkien fandom in the world. I just wish there was a little less division in that sense. Like why can't we just all agree to disagree in, in a lot of ways? But with that, I do believe Gondor is calling for aid. We're breaking into the halls of Metaseld and we're shouting, Gondor calls for aid. Will you, Rohan, answer? Will you light the beacon and answer? If you enjoy the podcast, please like, subscribe, or please leave a review. Good or bad, we'd love to hear what you're thinking. Also, send your send your token stories to weckpodcast at gmail.com, W-E-C at gmail.com. Even if you want to talk about the show, you want to talk about what you liked about it or what you didn't like about it, go ahead and put that in there. We might go ahead and read that on the show. But uh, beyond that, you guys... We are excited to jump in next time with more actual Tolkien lore. But until then, we bid you a very fond farewell.